welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in the subsequent episode. We're having a flash sale! 70% off selected episodes today only. Oh, so 70% off 0%, you know? They can't say that we're lying, it's just that we're not telling the whole truth. Okay, <laughs> we're not really leaving anything out. It's just it's we're like... leaving out that the cost is zero if we're saying like flash sale seventy percent off because it's you know zero point three times zero. I don't think there's anybody who's unaware that the episodes are free. <laughs> I mean that's true because yeah, we're not misleading anyone. <laughs> Well, yeah, that way we don't have to go on for false advertising or anything. It's just, you know, seems a little strange to, like, advertise the 70% off when we could say 170% off and be just as accurate. This is not any stranger than any of the other stuff that I've said. (laughs) I'm absolutely certain about that. (laughs) You know, my whole diatribe there is uh, no stranger than any of the other diatribes I've done. There we go. Perhaps even a little bit less strange than some of them. It's almost <laughs> like we have a formula. Yeah. How predictable. Gasp. I'm hurt. Well, hi, everyone. As, you know, according to our formula, we're going to introduce ourselves now. I'm Eunice. Um, I'm the author of Fantasia and Eternal Source. And... Um, yeah, I got nothing interesting about myself today. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, uh, I'm Atheo, author of Rune, Metagame, uh, and that other project that I've still been working on, but still can't really, you know, bring out right now, because it's, uh, it's not out to anybody. Um, as for fun facts, I mean, I, I don't really do those. Uh, most facts are just facts. Whether they're fun or not is entirely up to the person receiving them. It's good you're boring. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure. We'll, we'll call it that. Okay. So, this week we're doing one of my ideas. And this one is more of, like, wanting to subvert a trope that I see a lot rather than the really detailed story or world idea but i kind of want to do like hey i've got a lot of experience in doing that so you came to the right place i want to do an evil healer (laughs) because healers are always like oh i'm so like warm and nice to everyone and self-sacrificing and yeah it's it's boring and also like i don't think people realize how easily it would be to just use healing magic to kill people. <laughs> you know. I mean, to be fair, I, um, I've actually seen over the years, I say over the years like I'm old or something, which I'm not. Um, I've seen quite a few of, uh, of people do a take on that whole evil healer thing. So it's not new to me, but, you know, we can, we can still give it a whirl. Okay, well... Let's do it from the perspective of knowing something about what healing is. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that too, actually. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, well. Let's also make the good guy... I think I read darker fantasy than you do sometimes. Probably. Uh, I mean, you, weird, you read weirder fantasy than I do. That's absolutely true. But these were actually fairly mainstream uh, takes. Hmm. Gotta say. Um, and then let's also make a good guy with death magic because, <laughs> you know, like think about it. Oh, I know. Do I? <laughs> like a lot of medicine is about killing things that aren't supposed to be there, like cancer cells or bacterial infections, right? Like people have such narrow ideas of what. Healing and death are. Oh, so so this is a death magic healer who, um, I mean, they can't, uh, they can't really do anything about your, your missing arm, so sorry about that. But that cold you've got, that's dealt with. 
Well, it doesn't have the healer. It doesn't have to have death magic. It's just that somebody with death magic can be very helpful to people. Also true. And not just lay waste to everything, you know. You just lay waste to specific things, and frankly, that's quite useful. Yes. A lot of the time. You know, you could like be a pesticide. <laughs> exactly. Or a, or an exterminator. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, if you have life magic or you're a healer, you could cause plagues or acne or just cause people to age really quickly until they die. You know, lots of things you could do. I think my stance on the whole plague thing is, like, if it's a power that pretty much anybody can get, you have to answer the question of why hasn't anyone done this yet? Well, I mean... I assume it takes a lot of energy to generate, like, a fast plague, like, because if you're, you're... I mean, it kind of depends on, like, what you're working from as a base, right? So if you start with something that could already cause a plague, and then you just pump those numbers up, you know? Yeah. But it's like, do you really have the energy to speed up the plague in an exponentially increasing number of people? Oh, no, I wasn't saying, like speed up the plague i was saying like modify the plague i i think we were coming at that at cross purposes a little bit oh well that takes more skill than power right you have to know what makes a plague more infective and more violent and be able to change it in that way which a lot of yeah let's let's be real a lot of healers in fantasy settings don't know what the fuck they're doing (laughs) Uh, usually the ones who don't know what they're doing are the ones who don't have to think about it. Yeah, they just like... And if they don't have to think about it, then that reduces the sort of... That sort of reduces your options a little bit. Unless you... You're, it's like, there's a default setting for everything, uh, but you don't have to use it. It's just that most people do. Yeah, I mean, like, people... They kind of know what healing is because they've experienced injuries that have healed but i don't think most people understand like virulence factors in bacteria yeah but i'm saying like that like you could have a virulence factor in bacteria that like if you can control that then you can control quite a few more things about like an individual human because like people have experienced healing of course but they haven't experienced Usually, at least, they haven't experienced, um, like, a, an intentional diversion. Is that what we'd call it? Of blood flow, uh, just so that it skips their hand. You know, the, the sort of evil version of healing that we were talking about earlier. Uh-huh, yeah, I guess. Um, I would argue that every time your hands get cold and, uh, they vasoconstrict, you have... But, uh... Well, I was, I was more talking about, like, changing the internals so that it no longer even connects. Yeah, that's, that's unnecessary. You don't need to actually change the blood vessels to make someone's hand start rotting. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but, like, it's, it's a constant... Because wouldn't you need to be fairly consistently close to them if you wanted to make the changes that would... That would cause the hand to start rotting. Unless you're, like, actively forcing the rot to start. Um, so, like, depends on what you mean. First of all, are you saying, like, this is only within touching range? Because, you know, that's pretty limited. Well, I'd say, like, 10 to 30 meters. It's not. And then second of all, if you want someone's hand to rot, you just need to, like, fully cut off like, fresh arterial blood flow for, like, a few hours. Um, and then it's dead. Like, it's dead, dead. It's still a fairly long time to spend in somebody's... And then if you... Near, without without somebody noticing and being like, yo, what's going on here? And if you want to speed that up, you could just increase the metabolic demand of that hand. Which I don't think would be very hard. Just cause like uncontrolled muscle spasms and then cut off the blood flow, 
and let that beautiful ischemia <laughs> begin. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it would draw attention. I'm just gonna I'm not... be real honest here. Yeah, but like, what, like, what are, what kind of situation are you, like, putting this this evil healer in that they need to make people's hands raw off, like? <laughs> Well, I assume they would do it to threaten somebody, or that, or they're like, that, or they're trying to punish somebody. But like, they don't want people to be like, "Ah, oh, this person's a killer. We need to go after them." So they're just like, "Ah, how do we really mess with this person for the rest of ever?" Because you know, it's like, ah, if you, we make their hand run. If off. you want people to like pass out, it's much easier to interrupt the blood flow to their brain for a few seconds, and they'll just fall down. Um, it's much easier to kill somebody than to, like, permanently injure them with this power. Um, I, mm, I don't know. It depends. For instance, uh, if you cause just uh, generalized inflammation, it'll be pretty easy to give someone, like, meningitis or arthritis or any other itises. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or you could just, like, poke a hole in something really important and then just wait. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be a very big hole. You know, you could you could do a little little compression on the, on the uh, spinal cord, cause a little paralysis, you know? Oh, yeah. You got a lot of options. I guess I didn't think about that. You got a lot of options. <laughs> There's not that many options for permanent injury that's easier to cause than just, like, massive stroke. Yeah, well, massive stroke is easy, easy. <laughs> like you just—it's disturbingly you easy. just you just cause you just cause a small part of their blood to clot, and that that you know will eventually hit an organ, and uh, you're all good. <laughs> yeah, that's easy, easy. <laughs> Again, disturbingly easy to cause. Humans are fragile creatures, is what we're saying. <laughs> And the reality is we're not even that fragile. It's just that, like, life in general is kind of okay. we have this teetering on a knife's edge yeah. just constantly. We have this thing called homeostasis <laughs> where everything likes to stay the same. And you just got to tinker with the balance of competing signals in the body a little bit. And then you get catastrophic dysregulation. <laughs> catastrophic. And if you... It, if you mess with its ability to, you know, uh, recognize changes in that uh, homeostasis and then make it think that it's slightly off, well, then you have the body, you know, catastrophically failing over on itself. Okay, you could, you could, yeah, you could, like, make someone allergic to things and give them anaphylaxis. Or just give them, you know, yeah. the less annoying or the less lethal types of allergies. <laughs> <laughs> Less lethal. Are we are we talking about evil here or mildly annoying? <laughs> you know, you can. You, it's a it's a it's a it's a spectrum. You know, probably this person wasn't a very nice child. To be fair, evil does not mean stupid. So if they're likely to be pinned for causing the bad thing, then they will probably either not do the bad thing or like change how how they do the bad thing so that people aren't like super pissed off at them well yeah but like how who is gonna find out if you made them allergic to something people develop allergies all the time <laughs> i dearly hope that i never develop any allergies beyond the ones that i have <laughs> well, you know if you if you i have allergies that i can you know almost entirely avoid in my day-to-day -day life uh so i'm just you know, I'm going to skip out on everything else. Let's just not be allergic to things. That would be nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, there's a lot of sneaky ways. You know, like, as a healer, you just have people develop mysterious health problems that, like, unless people are, are looking for an evil healer, like, why would they ever think about, you know, it being you? Like... <laughs> People get just seed a little cancer in somebody if they annoy you. Give them a little pneumonia. Give them, you know, just a little 
a little nudge in a single direction, make them eat, make them. It really food. would not be hard to seed cancer in somebody. Yeah, because, well, no, we're like we are the seeds of cancer, right? You just gotta prod that little precursor tumor to you know replicate a little bit faster, and bam, full cancer. Yeah, it's uh. That's not great. <laughs> just just wait till someone gets a sunburn and then you you know, egg on that, that damaged DNA. Even better. PSA guys, don't don't get sunburns. Okay. I know it's on the mind, but you don't need to make a point of it. <laughs> hey, people think sunburns are all like, oh it's harmless and then afterwards I'll get a tan. It's like, no. If you are what we call what I call pigmentally, you know, like uh, handicapped, wear sunscreen. <laughs> you want to go with pigmentally challenged if you're going to go with anything. <laughs> okay. You would, yeah. Don't mix your euphemisms. Okay. It's bad. It's, uh, Makes you come across as uh, not good. That's fine. I'm just trying to get people to not get skin cancer. <laughs> and also, if, if you're dark skinned, you should still wear. You should still wear sunscreen, okay? Even being black only gives you, like, SPF 15. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, let's move on Anyways, from list- moving on beyond that. Okay. Like, as, as, you know, like, I could go all, all day long on, like, easy ways to kill people as a healer, but, you know, let's just- There are too many- Let's, let's just say that it's, like, extremely easy. It's very easy. And move on. Okay. okay. Uh, I think we should define our magic a little bit more, because we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but we didn't really, you know, actually discuss any of it. So, mm. I think that if we want the sort of uh, situations that you were discussing earlier, we kind of need a magic system that, like, most people, like, like, let's say that the magic itself, you can just, like, Put a little bit more power in your spells so that it doesn't need to be nearly as specific. So, most people most people have enough power to just sort of, like, push past most issues most of the time. It's like, eh, I could describe how to actually fix the hand, or I could say, fix the hand and, like, triple the power output, and it would work. Okay. And our evil healer actually figures out the mechanisms behind things and therefore can... I don't know about figures out, but studies. Okay. And therefore can do the same things with a lot less power. And more subtly. Okay. Uh... So they've essentially, like, spent quite a while, uh... Quite a while just going around, like, learning how to do a number of things and learning, like, what those effects actually cause in people. Mm. Um, and then, from what you were saying earlier about the death magic person, is our evil healer our protagonist, but also not a good person? Or are they an antagonist? Um, I mean, I would make them the antagonist because, you know... Unethical healers should probably die. <laughs> Just <laughs> in a functional society. <laughs> and also, like, you know, as part of my worldview. <laughs> I mean, you could make them the protagonist and then still kill them. That's a thing you can do. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I don't really want to make them, like, like, the protagonist as in, like, oh, we still find them somewhat relatable, but they die at the end type of thing. See, <laughs> I might go the route of, like, making them understandable, but, like, unquestionably not a good person. You know. So, like, yeah, this this one person wronged me and then, like, told me that I could never do this. So I studied up and then learned how to. And then I proved to them that I could do it. And then they still kind of laughed at me because I spent, like, two years learning a trick that they thought was impossible, but I, I thought was possible. Um, and then they laughed at me for that time spent, so I used something I learned along the way of that trick to kill them. And then 
I sort of looked at society and I went, hmm, wouldn't it be better if we just killed these people who thought this way? And then, you know, it just kept going. And it kind of kept expanding. And every time that they killed a new person, they're just like, yeah, that's my new normal. Yeah, we can do this. Uh, and then they just kind of didn't stop at any point. <laughs> Like, I would personally enjoy following the tragic plight of the person with death magic that everybody shuns, even though they're a really good person and, like, use their magic to help people. But, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> it is It is definitely up to you. And even, there's, there's this fantastic thing that we as authors can do in books where we can have multiple perspectives on a story that we write from. Wow, multiple POVs, what an advanced technique. <laughs> it's almost like I have an entire story where that's like 80% of what I'm doing is just like seven different points of view. <laughs> um, I mean, I usually, you know, write things that have two points of view because makes for great romance. <laughs> I don't know if you could count what you do as two points of view as someone just one point of view with little interludes from a different point of view. No, no, no. Eternal Source is split evenly. Fantasia is kind of ma- one main point of view with a few interest thrown in. That's fair. I forgot but- that. I forgot that Eternals was actually like split fairly. Eternals Source. I don't know how I forgot because it's incredibly like it's it's very structural. It's a big part of it. Yeah, like sometimes I'll get to the end of the chapter and be like, "Oh crap! I didn't switch POVs," and then I'll go back and switch POVs somewhere just so it it, it you know everybody will have their their dose of Siri for the for the day. <laughs> Anyway. This is how uh, writing goes, by the way. You get, like, three quarters of the way through something, and then you're like, oh, I did that wrong. Let me just go back. Oh, jeez. You know, this is two flavors of fluff. You need to have both flavors to get the most flavor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this one is probably not one where you're switching point of view within the chapter. That seems a little... A little bit jarring. <laughs> uh, I don't know why people think that, like, it's a cardinal rule that you can't switch POVs in the middle of a chapter, but okay. No, you absolutely can switch point of views in the middle of the chapter. It's just that in this particular case, doing so would be jarring. Uh, because the point of views are so fundamentally, like, different that um, switching in the middle is kind of like, oh, okay, why are we... Oh, I, I see where we are now. Also, yeah, wow, that's a that's a big change. Which, if you like, put a chapter break in there, then people are just like, yeah, I expect a little bit of a change. And then you have you give them a change, and it's like, yep, my expectations have been sufficiently whelmed. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I might personally like do exactly half the chapter in each point of view every chapter. Um, and have some kind of parallel narrative going on that... Well, you gotta have a parallel narrative. Th- that highlights the themes and the, you know, the, the, you know the, the things that are the same and the things that are opposite in our characters. Uh, Do you write themes? But, you know, you could, I guess, achieve the same effect with alternating chapters that are half as long. <laughs> but... Or... Alternating chapters that are the same length. No, it wouldn't be the exact same effect. But yeah. Um. But yeah, like you, as long as you put a little indicator that there's a POV change, like people aren't confused. Yeah. Don't just go for your standard uh like paragraph break and then just suddenly be following a different character. That tends to go over poorly. Unless you're doing like a whole deconstruction structure thing, which I mean, it's not impossible to do. It's just very difficult. Yeah, just uh, put what are the, those are are those lo- called line breaks? No, like l- uh, page rules. You might go for like a the little squiggly things. <laughs> you know what I'm talking squiggly about? Squiggly things? I I actually don't. 
like line are they called dividing lines or little symbols between them just anything that'll yeah like mark it out except there's not really a standard there there. has to be there's a no no no. it's called it's definitely called something and then like you know when once well you're thinking of something specific but there's no specific standard that this specific thing that you're thinking of is part of no no but i just there's a word for it there's a word for a lot of things i have resigned myself to not knowing most of them um but anyways you know it's a thing that that is used and then like different novels have people design like different squigglies to insert there that thematically fit the the story if you're you know if you're (laughs) traditionally published or rich enough to get someone to design that for you Uh, i personally (laughs) or if you have the the time and wherewithal to design your own uh ebook yeah, not design your, your own squiggly. Or be like me and just insert three asterisks. <laughs> because that also works. It also you know? works. It's just like the asterisk, it's, it's very thematically appropriate because um, reasons that we're just going to skim right over. Okay. <laughs> and pretend like they exist, you know? Okay. So we sort of have our, our main characters. How do we actually want their arcs to parallel, right? Because we have the person, actually, we kind of introduced the, the piece that works for that uh, already. In that, like, the healer who went down our bad path uh, kind of interacted with most people and was like, yeah, you have healing magic, that's great. Uh, we love healing magic in this house. Uh, and then, like, one person was like, yeah, yeah, but you're not super cool. So, like, no thanks. Uh <laughs> And then, on the other hand, uh, we have the uh, the death magic person who kind of went around and people are just like, yeah, death magic is useful for some things, I guess. But, like, we don't really want you around us most of the time because death magic is squicky. Um, mm-hmm. And then they sort of, they sort of develop uh, their own ways to, like, actually deal with that instead of killing people because that's a bad thing to do can confirm (laughs) don't say can confirm as if you have personal experience with this (laughs) that's suspicious as hell In what way have I not been suspicious as hell? Just constantly. That's like my that's like my standard state of being. Okay, yeah, is like, like being vaguely You're a suspicious. sketchy person, but it's it's not like to the level like should we investigate you for like murder? <laughs> uh no, nobody should investigate me for murder. Okay, stop saying uh, it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done any murder. Stop that. Oh my god! What do you mean? That one was that one was very straightforward. The way you I said have I haven't murders. done any murders makes you sound like an alien who's accidentally killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> it also excludes anything that wouldn't be considered as murder, but is still technically a killing. So there is that too. Stop that! Okay. I haven't done any killings. I have not killed people. I don't stop, know. If I, no, stop I have it. done some killings, but like of animals. Stop. That were like already suffering. Stop. Stop qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're just making it worse. That was the point. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, it's just there. There are two people who are born with magic, and then one of them is like, you know expected to just be kind of a, a saint and uh you know be selfless and help other people but like not get a lot of personal recognition or gratitude or you know thanks generic healer number 376 yeah or like proper compensation um well they probably get proper compensation I mean, they get compensation, but maybe it's not proper. Compensation that would be proper for, like, most people, but, like, that they don't consider proper because they have more study or something. I mean, yeah, yeah, or, you know, like... It's like, yeah, I've healed you better than uh, almost anybody else could do. 
Uh, thanks. You get the standard rate because, frankly, we didn't even think that that was a thing that people could do. Or, like, maybe, you know, using healing magic actually takes a toll on the body and that's not accounted for. Or, you know, you could you could just make it somewhat unfair so that it's not completely crazy when the healer goes off the off the leash. It doesn't even need to be unfair for someone to understandably but not like justifiably what's that word justifiably understandably but not justifiably go off the rails like it doesn't even need to be that bad i mean you know i'm just (laughs) drawing on my personal experience all you need is a several year bullying campaign and then like just let them continue on that path and it's fine uh and they'll, understandably, because they, they were the subject of a several year long bullying campaign, which is a not great thing, uh, but not justifiably, they're killing people. They got bullied and now they're killing people. Oh. So there you go. And then on the other end of the spectrum, this person's got death magic, uh, is treated with uh, suspicion and fear by a lot of people, but like nobody tries to, you know take advantage of them specifically like trying to overwork them or anything because you know they, they got scary magic <laughs> i find it particularly entertaining that it's probably harder for death magic to kill somebody than life magic no it's pretty easy for death magic to kill people well yeah but i would just like it's, it's slightly slightly harder i wouldn't say it's, it's harder you know, like, if the healer wanted your hand to rot off, they'd have to, like, cause, like, a vasospasm in the blood vessels because um, that's a thing that your body can naturally do that is, could be part of a beneficial process, but if you overdo it, then it's bad. Whereas the, the death person... Welcome to, like, anything to do with bodies. Yeah, whereas the death person could just be like, no, I don't like your hand, and then poof, and then it's all rotten. I don't know about rotten, because rotten is, you know, more the domain of life magic, as opposed to just, like, atrophied. Well, well, that's kind of maybe your understanding of what death magic is, but... um... Well, I I have a a perception of death that is a lot more sterile than a lot of people, Um... I suppose. Because the actual, like... Because if you just kill everything around the hand, that includes anything that would make the hand rot. So, like... Um, the things that make the hands rot are, like, organisms that start um, feasting on your peptides. Yeah, organisms that would also be killed by the death magic. I don't think you would have... If you had good control, you could kill the person cells without killing the bacteria on their... You would have to have really good control for that. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like our character is quite talented and could do that. And also... Well, our our character might, but, like, as a general rule, that doesn't seem like a thing that most people would bother with. So I would think that death would actually be sort of the more sterile version that I... And then... And also... Just because, you know, if a hand gets sterilized while it's being all withered, um, it will pick up new bacteria very quickly as soon as you touch anything. Oh, as soon as, like... And also, like... uh, Essentially, as soon as it's exposed to air, which is, like, literally the moment this happens, the rotting process starts. Yeah. But, like, the moment that you're hit by it is not the moment that that process is, like, visible. Sure. So you don't rot off somebody's hand. You, like, completely ruin somebody's hand, and then it starts rotting. Sure. Yes, if you want accelerated, like, smelly rot, the healer would, would do that more easily. But, you know, it, to, to ter- make the hand turn black and gross and non-functional, the, the death guy would go faster. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we settled that. <laughs> Um, um, a weird question of specifics so they you know they grow up having parallel but different upbringings where they learn their magic and uh you know 
get good. They both have, like, obnoxiously good control because they're sort of learning how to do things to not be what people are expecting of them. And uh, the better the healer gets, the more work they're assigned. Whereas the better the death person gets, the more people leave them alone. (laughs) (laughs) See, I would think that they get assigned more work as well. Um, It's more like people are now, like, afraid to order them around if... (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, like, it's more like... I uh, respectfully request that you uh, go to this place, but you know, if you don't feel like it, no biggie. <laughs> it's like, you're paying me, right? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whereas, yeah, the healer just gets, like, more more work and little recognition. Um you know, I assume the death one can easily become like a war hero despite not really wanting to be one. I don't know if I'd go that route just because it seems like I kind of a kind of a big trauma point actually because uh, if you're a war hero with extremely powerful death magic, that usually doesn't mean good things for your mental health. Uh-huh. <laughs> In fact, it usually kind of means the opposite. Um, yes. Whereas, you know, the healer is healing all these people, but, like, not getting the recognition they crave. I don't know why people crave recognition, but I heard that it's a thing that people like. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that gives the healer the idea, what if I could kill people with my magic too? But then their initial attempts are met with like horror because, you know, healers don't kill. That's like, it's anathema to society and the healer's code and other things. <laughs> um, and then... I mean, it's, it's just kind of a cool thing you can do with magic. Why is it anathema? <laughs> Whereas, you know, the, the death magic person is like, well, what if I learn how to heal with my magic? Then I don't have to go out and murder uh, helpless soldiers who can't fight me. <laughs> yeah, that seems like the war is just not going to go well if you're sending... Just like waves of magicless soldiers against a death mage. It yeah, it, it seems it's not going well for the other side. Like a failing endeavor. <laughs> just like a just like a fundamentally flawed plan. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe the other side also has death mages, but they're not as good as this one. So this one's just single-handedly slaughtering everybody and winning the war. I don't know. Doesn't have to be that overpowered. I don't think that these are characters that we should give PTSD to, because it's not part of our like main. Well, only only the death magic guy has PTSD. The the life magic guy has a some kind of complex that I don't know. <laughs> um, and now, so then I think their roles are suddenly trying to reverse, but. It's frowned upon. <laughs> that's not really not the that's really not the parallel story that we were going for. You just kind of you just kind of drop that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're parallel until they meet, and then you know the now their their fates are entwined, and you know life and death are two sides of the same coin, and all of that thematic nonsense. See, the the way that I would have gone about that is instead. Is instead of, like, making them just go on this absolute, like, whack quest, uh, the healer's already gone bad by the time they meet, is sort of where I would think that that would go. And then, just, like, they meet, and the healer and, and Deathmate just, they don't get along very much. Because they kind of have, you know, fundamentally disagreeing worldviews. Um, uh-huh. So, all you really need to do is put them in a situation where either of them can help and one chooses to and the other chooses not to. 
I mean... Uh, which isn't really that difficult. Yeah. So, because, I mean, once you do that, then the, then the life mage is like, oh, that's not a great thing. Why is this person helping exactly? And then you can sort of have them develop an actual, like, enmity for each other rather than what each other represents. And then on top of that, once they get to know each other, then they deeply hate what the other represents. Okay, I don't think this um, clashes with what I was saying before. Like, how did... It kind of does a little bit, because you kind of, like, made them impersonal and, like, not really dealing with each other in as much as they are dealing with other people. Like, they hadn't met like each you can, other yet. You can focus the story in on, like, when they meet each other, but, like... Uh-huh. Okay. Well, no, because you, you specifically said that it was seeing the the death mage get the recognition that made the healer go bad, and I'm just like, not nah, for that. Because, like, everyone's done the, like, oh, my ego's been bruised, so I'm a villain now, which is just not that cool, you know? So many villains are like, oh, I, I wasn't the one who got the accolades one time, so then I went evil and decided to kill people, which is just not that the direction that I want to go with this just because it's been done to death and we're already doing like a, a story that breaks some conventions so why not break the standard like boring villain motivation as well you know well first of all you don't like empathize with the boring villain motivation because you're weird but everybody else feels it <laughs> and second of all you shouldn't like go about breaking every single genre convention at the same time because then people get confused but we get you can break like half of them at a time sure okay that's that's my rule is like for every one that you follow you can break one uh but i have no strong feelings on the matter um the what are we saying like they hadn't when i was saying the story like the healer had heard that the death mage got famous. It wasn't like they'd already met or anything. It was just kind of a other people are getting recognition and I'm not type of thing. But it doesn't matter. Um, it's even worse then. It's narrative telephone that somebody else is getting accolades that makes them angry. I don't get it. Yes, because you don't understand jealousy <laughs> or envy. That... That's, <laughs> but, I mean, but trust me. I don't understand. They're yeah. fundamental human emotions that everybody else experiences, including me, and I'm a pretty weird individual. <laughs> not everyone. Uh, everybody well, else. A few other people who are just not in that, in that boat. Uh, okay, if you say so. <laughs> and people don't like experiencing it because it makes them feel like petty bastards but most people do experience it and then you know if you're mature you kind of like suppress it or rationalize it away but very few people are like what what is envy what is that i don't know <laughs> it's like hey that other person well because because my my the closest i get to like envy is like hey that person has a cool thing i want that cool thing i don't mind if i don't have it i want it yeah that's not that's not envy <laughs> I guess that is that it's not really jealousy either because jealousy is like defensive uh, je- so the difference between jealousy and envy is jealousy you want the exact thing that the other person has and envy you want the same type of thing so it's like you can be jealous like if you're a jealous girlfriend it's like over the specific person that is your boyfriend Whereas if you're envious yeah, but like, of a happy couple, if you're... it's okay. You want the that type of relationship. You don't actually want that specific person. But isn't envy usually like considered like like being angry about it? No. It's like okay, so if you, it doesn't include being angry about it, then like I guess you could say that I experience envy because I'm just like yeah, I want that thing. No, 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 no. I'm not mad that other people have it. I'm, in fact, quite happy that other people have the thing that I think is good. No, 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 no. The, the thing that about envy is the resentment because you feel that you deserve it 
as much or more than the other person, but you don't have it. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a difficult way to live. Yeah. People are, you know, complex creatures that torture themselves horribly with these emotions. But, you know. That doesn't sound fun. I say we should stamp it out wherever we see it. Um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> Except the way that we're going to stamp it out is by giving people good things. Ooh, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, but I think it's worth a try, you know? No. <laughs> we can just teach people to, you know, manage their negative emotions like adults. There's no way we can actually eliminate these negative emotions. We can do two things at once. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not if one of those things is, is eliminating envy. <laughs> I'm all for it. it. Sounds like a great. It sounds like a great project. We can't even do one thing at Look, once. If that... the project will never succeed, but it's worth the attempt. No, 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 no. If you want to do things that are worth the attempt, is like eliminating poverty because at least you can make progress towards. It. Yeah, but like you can. Work on eliminating envy by eliminating pro- poverty. Like, no, 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 no. It's it's the prosperous people who are usually up in the in the nonsense emotions like envy. <laughs> Where oh yeah, that sounds gross. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Yeah, that. so so anyways, they just need to go see their therapists. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you've got the money for it. Yeah. Um, back to the story. <laughs> well, welcome to tangents the episode again i guess we've done a few of these and you know episodes on 101 ways to kill someone with magic um, <laughs> i think we only discussed like three no i definitely listed at least five <laughs> yeah i mean you might have listed them but we only like discussed three yeah but that's I'm not... Okay, well, one day I guess we could do an episode where I literally list 101 ways to kill people, but, you know, it'll probably... Be... I don't think that would be a very fun episode. Post it as a bonus episode. <laughs> I think it would be whenever fun. Whenever we get uh, Patreon, whenever we get Patreon going, we, we have it as a bonus episode. Eunice lists 101 ways to kill people while uh, Atheo chimes in with uh, really stupid comments. You know, like, people who, like, read my writing might find it disturbing as, like, why does... Eunice know all of these ways to kill people when she writes, like, fluffy slice-of-life romance. Um, and the ants... Look, you write what you don't have in your real life. And <laughs> the answer is, um, who doesn't consider ways that the body could fail and die on a regular basis? <laughs> just, that's not something you have to write about, it's just obvious. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, also, I was joking about the whole writing what you don't have thing. Uh, that's, that's not a universal uh, thing, and it is, in fact, just a thing that happens sometimes, and write whatever you want to read, and that is how you should go about things. But, you know, often it's the same thing. <laughs> um, I don't know, because there's also the whole write what you know adage that's also equally gross. Because it's like, you should write things out of your experience. Because that's how uh, things become part of your repertoire and things that you can discuss well. Is by doing research and learning to uh, appreciate perspectives that are not your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I write what I know, but I don't include the 101 ways to kill people because... It's too much like... It wouldn't fit the tone. It's too much like work, honestly. (laughs) Um, I mean, people respond strangely, you know? Okay, so... We have our death mage, who is now, like, you know, curing tuberculosis. And tumors. And... Pneumonias. Uh... You know, maybe maybe the he- tumors they need to work with a life mage or a surgeon. No, you don't. I mean, I guess, but like, if you just kill the tumor inside the body, yeah, it sounds like it could cause problems. Why? If you just leave the dead 
Ness inside, right? Uh, or am I just processing that wrong? Like, it depends on the size of the tumor. I guess it would depend on the tu- the size and type of tumor, right? But, uh, like, you know, your body has ways of kill it, like, cleaning things up. And, um... Yeah, it depends on exactly how this death magic works. Because, yeah, if you suddenly have just a mass of dead cells that could then burst and then release a bunch of chemicals into your bloodstream and also electrolytes, it might might cause an issue. That would be a bad thing. But yes. uh, if it causes... If all you do is, like, have it not get its proper blood supply and wither away gradually, that should be fine. Uh you do like a vaguely death enchantment thing where uh, the cells can no longer divide at all. They just yeah exist. Yeah. And they'll die eventually. So it'll be fine. Yeah, so there's multiple ways you can... Actually, that sounds like the kind of like really like hyper-specific specialized training that would be involved in making these death magic good at things. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so these cells no longer divide. So they'll be gone pretty soon. Or... I mean, honestly, even if it just stayed the same size, that would be enough to keep the cancer from killing well, you. Well, stayed, stayed the same size is that you slow the division rate to be, like, the replacement rate. Or if you just make it so that, like, the cells die as normal, but no longer divide. Um, yeah, I mean, it, not all cells need to be replaced regularly like you're born with all the neurons that you'll ever have in your whole life you know with some th- th- nobody email me about the hippocampus okay i don't care you're <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm just speaking in generalities um yeah but you know l- l- some i feel like we should email you about one of the hippocampuses that we discussed n- no i don't want to hear about that one either um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so a lot of cells can just live and not die and not reproduce and just be there. So, yeah. I feel like that's the less common type, though. Sure, but and it's also I would think that that's less common to get tumors of. That's true. That is true. Um, it's a reason that people don't usually get. Um, cancer in their hearts um anyways (laughs) yeah people people do get brain cancer though anyways what are we talking about oh yeah so this guy death guy's healing people life guy's probably trying to start a few plagues that death guy is accidentally stopping (laughs) just like hmm this is a really virulent disease how about we just eradicate that real quick (laughs) um it's only in this one town, so frankly, we're gonna fix that. Yeah, so, you know, the death guy's getting in life guy's way without even knowing it. And it's just really, you know, and then tweaks his nose. Life guy tries to kill death guy, but... Uh, Almost succeeds the first time. You know, death guy... It, Nobody comes out with the win the first time. It really depends, because... Yeah, like, life and death and healing and killing are very closely related and, you know, the line is tenuous between them. So, like, the first time that the life guy tries to kill death guy probably does it some way that the death guy can counter. Um, like an infection. Yeah. But, uh, there are certain things that death guy can't really reverse, like... Poisons. I don't think the death guy can heal a poison because, you know, poisons can't be killed. They're toxins. You might be able to do something about it, but yeah, as a as a general rule, uh, death guy could probably do something like self-sacrificial to like isolate the poison in one area and then cut off that blood supply to the rest of the body. And then just have that one piece of their body die. Make it metal as hell. You know? Because, <laughs> yeah. What's death made without, like, a missing 
left pinky. <laughs> I mean, they can just go to another life mage, to be fair. Yeah. And just get it fixed. Um... Although they might have some trust issues after this. So, <laughs> you never know. Maybe they don't get it fixed immediately. Maybe they, maybe, yeah, maybe Death Guy goes get it fixed. And then, like, that, that life mage, you know, like, shares the suspicion that the up, higher-ups have been trying to keep hush-hush that there's a healer that's gone bad. You know? Maybe that's how Death Guy finds out that there's uh, something going on. Because, you know. How did Death Guy even ingest a poison? While I continue to go this way, it seems like I've been running into an unusually high number of people with tumors and deadly plagues. I wonder what's up with that. Must be nothing. <laughs> you know, I tried to tell my superiors, but they told me to hush hush. Because they're more worried about their image than, you know, the lives of my poor patients. As people are. I mean, that's just standard systems, so... Yeah. And Death Guy's like, we must investigate! We must investigate and end this threat to people. I would say humanity, but I don't know if we're dealing with humans here. I mean, I wouldn't really bother with introducing a new species to this story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, Life Guy has been cooking up the ultimate plague in the lab as people you know there has to be an evil lab no story would be complete without one it's not even a lab it's just like a building where uh you know they've been doing some some uh, unethical experimentation on subjects who well they got to keep the plague alive somehow yeah so they've been transferring it from you know subject to subject mutating it to be more virulent and more infectious each time and they're you know getting ready to release it once it's the uh, maxed out on that potential and they find uh they got a, the death guy and helper mage have to go find this lab and uh probably kill the vector which is sad but you know yeah my god, it's a, a really gross disease. <laughs> That's very infectious. <laughs> yeah! I mean, maybe not have to kill the Vector if you wanted to go with a very happy ending, but like... Uh, you might have to kill the Vector, and that's fine. Not like, good, or something that you should like, but it's fine. I mean, the person probably already has, you know, un like... They probably already prefer death. Yeah, they probably already have, like, permanent damage to a lot of things. Like, they're blind, and their fingers have rotted off, and other, and they're in horrible pain all the time, etc., etc. So they probably are, yeah. you know, no longer wanting to live. Unless the life mage designed it to intentionally keep its uh, subjects, like, completely blissed out the entire time, which would be kind of horrifying. I mean, that'd be cool. Also very fun. That'd be creepy. Um, so th there's a fun idea for you if you want to add that, but like not necessary. <laughs> I mean, I personally wouldn't waste the magic if I were going to be an evil mage. I might keep them doped up on like opioids. I might just to get more people who like intentionally try to get it. Because it's like, yeah, there's this disease going around and like everybody who gets it is like super blissed out. And it's like, oh. I see. And then a bunch of people wouldn't believe the downside, so, you know, there's upsides, so they might as well. And then uh, you have people who are, like, intentionally trying to get it, and some people who are intentionally trying to spread it, you know? Get them pandemic dynamics working in your favor uh, as the person who's trying to spread the disease, not as, not as the population. If they're discovering it in the experiment phase, it's not like the life mage wants it widely known that there's... A, a new infection going around no but like in the experiment phase you would have to introduce the features that you're trying to get into the the uh use stage so if it keeps its subjects totally blissed out that would be good for the use stage and it's like not important for the experiment stage i think it would be more useful to the infectivity if it made people kind of go crazy and start running around and attacking other people <laughs> 
See, but then you can, like, mount an effective response because most people are just going to be like, yeah, so crazy, crazy attacking people. That's not, that's not good. Yeah, well, I, they don't have to be attacking as in trying to kill other people, but they go around and just, like, grab other people and breathe on them. And then, you know, that that's all you need. Well, again, that's, that's what you're, that's where you're in the sort of, like, if you have the right people, you can mount an effective response. Or if people are, like, actively throwing themselves into it. It's, 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 a, it's a matter of whether you're trying to spread outward or you're trying to get people to come inward. Yeah, I, I think uh, in terms of effectiveness, just have, hearing rumors that getting this weird infection is going to make you blissed out is not going to be a great... Well, that's why it's like super effective as well. You get your uh, your process here. Yeah, I don't I don't think the blissed out thing adds enough to bother with. And that's just my opinion as you know the potential evil healer mage. <laughs> I mean, I'm more talking about the social dynamics involved here. Yeah. Then you don't. You just need a population that you know. I mean, yeah, killing a population center isn't exactly difficult. I mean, you know, we're, like, coronavirus, you just make something that's, like, four times more infectious as coronavirus, and who cares what, <laughs> how people feel after they get it. And then multiply the lethality. <laughs> well, see, no, 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 the key is not to multiply the lethality, because if people die too quickly, they can't infect other people. I said multiply, not like completely like throw through the roof. Yeah, you don't. You actually don't. You want people to be very infectious, uh, quite disabling, but not that lethal, because then it cripples society as they try and care for the ill. Well, I would say like you make it like longer term lethal, and then make it like twenty to thirty percent lethal, not. Yeah, you need every you need all the healers to be exhausted, and uh, you, you want. To... That's when you hit them with the second wave of a modified version of your plague. <laughs> wow, that's horrible. Um... What else? Okay, let's not talk about the best way to design a plague. You can play what's that game? Pandemic. <laughs> if you want to do that. Well, that game rewards a single strategy, which is not really what we want to focus on here. But, you know, high mutation rate, high infectiousness, medium to low lethality, and then disabling, but also with a very long incubation period where people are asymptomatic but able to spread the disease. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um... Long asymptomatic periods, high transmission, and then like medium low lethality is how is how you kill people. Okay, just the maximum amount of people. So so that that happened. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I think we can wrap up now. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> well, because we we already discussed the end, and then we got sidetracked on the plague thing. We discussed the end of like their they confront uh, our life mage in in their lab of uh, ultimate evilness, their evil lab of evilness. Uh, oh. And they do fairly well against them. So, so, so are you saying, like, they they stop it before the pandemic starts? Or is it more like... Or they stop it before the pandemic gets to an actual population center. Maybe not before, like, it infects a town. So, like, they're going to be there for for a while trying to fix that. Okay. Uh, but on the other hand, the city didn't get infected, and there's a quarantine down. So, frankly, that's a win. You know. Uh, and the, and the other the other life mage is dead. And you can have like, the the death mage has the call on the help of the other death mages to quickly quell this pandemic that's brewing. And. It, 
Yeah, and then they're just like, hey, uh, death mages, uh, please train yourselves. Come on. And then they save the country or the world, you know, and... The continent, at least. And then people are like, hey, death mages aren't so bad. <laughs> There's your happy ending. Even though we had to kill a town to get there. Um, and then... You know, something, 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 so that life mages don't get burned at the stake. <laughs> uh, maybe you actually introduce regulations that makes them take breaks and, uh... And... And, uh, get checked on fairly regularly to make sure that they're not in, uh... Yeah, so I'd rather kill all these people than heal them mode? That seems like a good thing. <laughs> Every life mage gets at least one therapist. <laughs> and the organizations that regulate life magic and death magic just merged. <laughs> Cause... It's like, yeah, so we kind of we kind of do the same thing now that I think about it. Just like coming at it from different angles. <laughs> and that helps both sides because, you know, the same reason now, you know, people didn't want to overwork the scary death mages or offend them before and now they're also in now they really don't want to do that <laughs> they're in charge of the same organization as the life mages so it all works out there you go you have your fun epilogue wrapping up where everything is better than it was to start with please ignore the thousands of dead <laughs> you know life and death themes and balance and life cycles and you know all of those fun fun popular themes it doesn't count as a theme if you throw it in at the last second no no you put it in in, the, in between too it's just i'm just you know you know how to what i'm talking about it's everywhere just throw that <laughs> stuff in people eat it up <laughs> i suppose um maybe i sound a bit too cynical <laughs> but yeah okay I do think that it's all we need for today, though. Yeah. So. If you like this story, write us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you liked this podcast, share it with friends, rate it on iTunes and whatever other platforms have ratings. Uh, if for some reason you really want me to recite 101 ways to kill people with healing magic, I can do that. But unless we get an email about it, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a like a bonus episode type thing, if we really wanted to do that. Yeah, bonus for, you know, our non-existent subscribers. <laughs> yeah, we just say, like, hey, if you want to listen to Eunice do this, that's what this entire episode is. So if you don't want to listen to that, maybe skip it. Um, and uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com otherwise we'll... and I think that that's all the information that we gotta convey yeah so see you next week see you next week mm-hmm.